Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to turn with your Bible with me to um, Matthew chapter 4. I'm just going to real fast, there's eight things that, if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. Uh, Eight things that... When you lead someone, there's probably others, but there's, these are just, uh, if we get to all eight of them, there's eight things that, that I believe are uh, important things that, you know, when, you're, when you reach somebody, when you lead someone to the Lord, uh, areas and things to instill in people. These are, these are eight things that are important. Uh, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, I referred to it this morning. It said, uh, we'll start in, verse, start in verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Things to instill in people, areas where we can be, uh, not just lead them to the Lord, but lead them on a path that would cause them to grow in their walk with God and be pleasing to the Lord. One of the first things that would be important for us to instill in others when you're discipling someone, you're encouraging someone, you're helping them grow, is from the very beginning instill in them a love for people and a desire to see other people reached. Now, that sounds like that, that should sound, that's a no-brainer, but you, you'd be surprised how many people are not consumed with or concerned with other people. They're just not. And it's not something that comes natural to us. It's something that we have to learn. When a child is born, what happens? They are very about, who are they all about? Themselves. Everything is what? Mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Maybe they've never even touched it before. That's mine too. And they have, they, they sat it down, wanted nothing to do with it. As soon as you touch it, what is it? It's mine. Right? And it's just, it's just a part of fallen human nature that everything's about me. And that's not something, that's not saying there's something wrong with anybody. That's just a, a fact of the matter. And really, we can all be honest, left to our own devices, everything's about us. I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, that, that, everything is about us. And so it's important to begin to instill in people from the very beginning. Imagine if you got someone born again, and from the very start, you started instilling in them in the ideas that following Jesus, he'll cause you to reach other people. He will imagine the, the, the impact, you know, people come into, come into the church and come into the kingdom of God, all kinds of issues, all kinds of needs and things going on in their life. And God wants to meet those needs. But how many know there's a scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you, right? He said, all these things I know that you have need of. Listen, God knows these things, but wouldn't it be a help to someone in their walk with God from the very beginning, help them get their priority in the right place versus just being on their needs? Can you see where that would be an advantage to somebody, discipling them, uh, training them up? Begin to instill in somebody, yeah, I know you've got stuff that you have need of, but listen, go after people first, go after the things of God first. Those things will be taken care of. You can say that with all confidence to somebody because you have the word on it. And you know in your own life when you've gone after him, he's always gone after you. Right? I mean, the Bible says, if delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. What does it mean? If you make your delight in knowing him and walking with him, going after what's important to him, not only, only, it won't be that his desires get taken care of, God then gets involved in your desires. He'll make the desires, the dreams of your heart come to pass. Think about helping people see, begin to see a world's view on things and a worldly system on things into how God sees things. 
You'll go after what he has. He'll get involved in your dreams. He'll get involved in your desires. He'll cause those secret desires of your heart to come to pass. So immediately get involved in helping people see that it's about others. It's not about them. Second thing would be that there's a cost to following Jesus. Now, I'm not in the military, never served in the military. Do we have any people who served military at any point here tonight? Brother Larry back there. Now, were you in active combat? Did you have people ever shoot at you? No, he said no. didn't have that. You know, we, we're, we've got folks over in the, still not to diminish the service, that's great. We have people that are overseas right now. Now, I was never in military, but I know one thing when they train you, whether you're in active combat or not, they do something, they do live fire drills, right? They get you out there and they start to prepare you for what it's like to be in battle. They'll shoot bombs. They'll blow things up around you. They'll make a lot of noise. Why? They want you to get used to the fact that there is an enemy that will try to attack you. If they didn't train people the first time they got into a situation where there was an enemy that showed up, they would pack their stuff and run home. How many know that when you make a decision to serve God, the enemy likes to come after you? Can anybody testify of that? Or you make a decision in any area to make a stand for God. How many know that the enemy immediately comes to test that stand, that decision that you make? Well, it would be a good thing that as soon as people get born again, we begin to instill in them a reality and an understanding of that there's a cost to discipleship, that there will be attacks. People may not like you. That way, whenever it happens, they're not taken by surprise on it. Right? They're they're not surprised by it. Go with me over to um, uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. 1 Peter the third chapter. Just a few things I think will be a help to us. 1 Peter chapter 3. In the uh, 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 I'm going to just read this to you. It says, uh, I may have written down the wrong, wrong scripture verse here. But let me, I'll read this to you how they amplified. It says, but in, even in case you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed, happy to be envied. Do not dread or be afraid of their threats nor disturbed by their opposition. But in your heart, set Christ as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you of account of the hope that is in you, but do, but do it courteously and respectfully, and see to it that your conscience is entirely clear, unimpaired, so that when you are falsely accused by evildoers, those who threaten you abusively or revile you, or revile your right behavior in Christ may come to be ashamed of slandering your good lives. It would be, it's an advantageous thing for us to take new believers and tell them there's an enemy that's out there, and to follow Christ, you're going to have opposition. I don't know anybody when you get born again and you start serving God and you found a lot of op- maybe from their family or friends found opposition it was it was a shock to you I made a decision to change my life and things are great but you're giving me a hard time about it you know how many people uh, uh, bow to that and, and give way to that kind of pressure a lot of people do well encourage them listen you're serving Jesus people say well that that's a people don't want to respond to that no they will to know that there's opposition but then tell them they're blessed tell them that the enemy's been defeated tell them that listen if you suffer opposition listen it's not going to end you you will move past it things will continue to get better you 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 tell be truthful with people but instill these ideas in folks another thing is to uh, it takes sacrifice back in Matthew chapter 4 in the 19th verse we read where uh, 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 Jesus came and called uh, the disciples and uh, he said follow me and I'll make you fishers of men the very next verse goes on to say uh, and then immediately they left their nets and followed him and so another thing that it's important to instill in people that sacrifice will be required 
some of the things that are helpful when a person gets born again to instruct them in that it, there'll be sacrifice. You know, I think some, for, for some, the approach is it's only about the blessings of God, but none of the sacrifice that's also required. Have you realized if you don't experience the full blessings of God, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. And, and to not believe that is to really believe a lie. Why? Because you can't have the world and God at the same time. You can't enjoy the benefits of fellowship with God while you're at the same time fellowshipping with the world. There'll be some sacrifice. And it's okay. It's worth it if you make that sacrifice. In my life, this was an area that I had to lay aside. And guess what? God honored it. He blessed me. He did this. What are you doing? You're discipling somebody. You're encouraging them. You're pointing them in the right way. Listen, if the Lord deals with you about something, you don't have to change everything. But if he deals with you about something, deal with it make that sacrifice right make it right away just go ahead and do it why because he's setting you up for something good and so it's okay to tell people that that sacrifice is involved one of the biggest areas of sacrifice is just walking in love amen just simply walking in love that's a sacrifice and it's okay to tell people listen you're getting born again but don't be under under any pretenses christians have problems too they make mistakes and you're gonna have to walk in love (laughs) right this is a great church. Come to, who said that, you know, invited him to church or something and, and you came. This is a good church. Yeah, but you have to walk in love with your pastors every now and then. Right? I mean, these are practical things, but do you know how many people get tripped up on this? They go to church and all oh, there are a bunch of hypocrites there. Have you had anybody heard that before? All oh, the church is just full of hypocrites. Well, somebody didn't tell them the truth about what people are people. And just because they're in church doesn't mean they have their act together. Listen, you're going to have to still walk in love with people. Well, it's true. Go over to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew the ninth chapter. Things to instill in people. This would be the, uh, the fourth one. Matthew chapter 9 in the 33rd verse. Oh, Mark chapter 9. I said Matthew. It's Mark. But say that didn't look like the right verse. Mark chapter 9. In verse 33, it says, And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, they asked him, uh, Jesus asked him, What was it that you disputed amongst yourselves on the road? They kept silent from the road. They disputed amongst themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said, If anyone desires to be first, he should be the last he should be last of all and servant of all. One thing to instill in people is, a, a, is an understanding that humility is involved in their walk with God. Listen, if you want to grow in the things of God and, and encourage humility, and we're talking about discipling, when you see these things that the Lord put, that God puts people on your heart and gets a connection with them, you pay attention. When you see humility or a lack of humility trying to rise up, you just be led by God, but you begin to work on those things and begin to talk to him about those things. Amen? Well, can you agree that's a good thing? And so encouraging uh, humility is, is something that's vital. Go over to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew the 27th chapter. So these are just eight things that, that I believe are important things that we look out for and we make sure that we're instilling in our kids and those that we bring to the Lord. In the 27th verse, or 27th chapter of Matthew, um, I want to read this here in verse 3, Matthew 27, uh, verse 3, we have... Um, uh, the account here after, after Jesus had been handed over to Pontius Pilate. Verse 3, it says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, 
was remorseful and brought 30 pieces of silver to the chief of uh, priests and elders, or brought the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. The chief priest took the silver piece, the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put in the treasury uh, that uh, because it was, uh, it was the price of blood. The thing on this is to, to encourage people that persistence is, involved, is needed. You know, I've often wondered what would have been Judas's story had Judas just simply repented for what he did. You know, people need to know when they get born again that when mistakes happen, it's okay. Be persistent. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. What would have happened if Judas had just simply repented for what he did? I have no idea. History won't, we, we have no idea because he, took, he, 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 he didn't have persistence. He didn't, he didn't fully understand the grace of God. And that's something that people need to know that when you make a mistake, not if, but when you make a mistake, it's all right. Brush yourself off and let's just keep going. You know, Peter, when, when the Lord told him that today you'll deny me three times and he denied the, the Lord three times, what did he do? He cried, he wept over it, but then he corrected it and got things back on course. Had he not been persistent in who he was, if he didn't know that, listen, the grace of God is there for me, mistakes and all, if he didn't know that, then he would have just thrown in the towel and possibly could have, could have gone the same route as, as Judas. And so it's important that people know that when you're, you reach people, what I, I've, over the years of dealing with teenagers and different ones, people get born again and they, they find themselves falling into sin or making a mistake. I can't tell you the number of times that they're like, I can never go back. I, I thought this was real, but I made a mistake and apparently it's not. You know, I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing before. Maybe some of us had the same, same temptations before. When you made a mistake early on, you think, well, this is just, you know, this just isn't going to work. They need to know it's okay. If you made a mistake, it's all right. Let's pray about it. Get God's forgiveness and then let's move on. Persistence is huge. Now, I know these are things that, that may seem to, like I said, to be simple to some of us, but do you realize how many people come in and out the doors of churches all over and they're hungry for God, but any number of these things trip them up and they never come back. They just never come back. There are some people that will make it in their walk with God just because they get a hold of the word and they do it all on their own without anything else they do it on. There are a few, but there are a lot more people that need these kind of things, this kind of encouragement, these kind of simple things being taught to them about and watched over them. And you see that they're struggling. You see that something's going on. Not that you need to know what it is, but you come alongside and you say, listen, I'm here with you. God's with you. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on moving. Let's not throw in the towel. Let's be persistent. Amen? Another thing that, uh, uh, on this is a note I put, it requires persistence, not praise. Persistence is more important than praise. People need to know about being persistent, not necessarily being praised by others. Amen? So uh, it takes persistence. The next one is it takes passion. You know, we need to instill the fact that passion is important in people. If, if we see one another becoming less passionate about the things of God, we ought to go after one another. We ought to go after one another if we see that. If you see me not being passionate about things of God, you know, you got to say, hey, Pastor Greg, or, or what, what did uh, Brother Bob say? What did you say to her? Stoke that fire. Hey, you need to stoke that fire. But then we, all, we also should be open to those things. <laughs> right? You, we should be open. We say all this, but we should be open to this. Listen, if you want someone, if you want help, you got to be open to help. Well, they don't tell me what to do. Well, then you're not, you're not willing to be discipled. We all need to disciple and be discipled. 
None of us are free from it. None of us have grown so much. We all need it. If you can't take it, you probably can't give it. Right? If you can't take a joke, you shouldn't be given a joke, right? If you can't take some, some, some uh, uh, discipling, then you probably shouldn't be giving any discipling. Remember, I said earlier that it takes a disciple to make a disciple. If you can't take it, then it won't be genuine when you give it to somebody else. Because if you can receive it, you know what it feels like to get some, some help in areas that might be a little hard to take, but you know how that is. And so then your, 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 your approach is tempered when you, when you approach somebody. You don't just throw out there and beat them over the head with it, but you're careful about how you do it, yet still speak what needs to be said, right? And so, you know, it's important that we, we stir up passion in one another. It takes a willingness to change. Go over to Acts chapter 16. This is something else we need to instill in people that is a willingness to change. Now, I know some people like change. Some people don't like change. But whether you like change or not, when it comes to your walk with God, we all have to change. If you're going to grow, you're going to have to change. Because God doesn't change. If any changing that goes on has got to be on our end, on our side. When Sister Iris came, she said she came from a Baptist background. Thank God for the Baptist. But it required some change on her, on her part in order to move forward in what God had for her. Right? It's going to require some change. You know, I'll tell you, the, the, if you don't like change, where your walk with God is concerned, just throw it out the window and, say, and embrace change. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing because what are you doing? You're changing your ways for his ways, your ideas for his ideas. If you'll make the change, then you'll get his results. But change has got to be something we've got to, to in, instill that in people and openness to change. Now, this is um, uh, an account of Timothy. And in uh, Acts chapter 16, verse, verse uh, uh, ver- we'll start in the first verse. Then he came to Derby and listened. Behold, a certain disciple was there. Notice he called him a disciple. So this is something that Timothy was known for. He was known to be a disciple. He said he came to Derby and Lister and found a certain disciple. Uh, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. His father was Greek. So his mom was Jewish. His father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconia. And Paul wanted to have him go with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. For they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in the number daily. My whole point of reading that is Timothy was open to change. Even things that he didn't have to change, he did it for the sake of somebody else. Now, this is a big deal because there are a lot of things. I had somebody recently say, well, you know, about something, uh, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. No, I shouldn't have to do that. But if it helps somebody else, I'm going to change. You know, that's something that's important we instill in people. Isn't that something we instill in our kids to be flexible? Well, when, we re- when you bring somebody into the kingdom of God, you come alongside and you instill in them the, the recognition that change is okay. Even if you don't have to, if it's something that's not required of you, if it's necessary, you're developing an overall approach to the things of God and to the family of God. You're helping them see things in a way that will promote their maturity. So change is a good thing. Change is a great thing. There's a lot of stuff that we don't have to do. We do it because it honors God and it helps somebody else not, not stumble, right? So change in our lives, things that are necessary, but then change in others just because it's a blessing to somebody else. So a willingness to change. And then go with me over to uh, Matthew chapter, Matthew the fifth chapter. This will be our last one. This is number eight. 
And I hope you write, wrote these things down because, you know, when you are witnessing to people and you lead someone to the Lord, you know, we're believing for a harvest. We're believing God that uh, uh, for people to come into the kingdom of God. But I'm telling you, this is huge that we not only just get them born again, we begin to develop these godly traits and look out for them in this area. We're going to have opportunities to do this. You know, something Dr. Lemon said several years ago, he was here, he said that, uh, uh, he said, I see this church as a place where people look, all kinds of different people start coming, are going to be coming here. How many of you remember that? I don't remember the exact words that he said, but we've had many things Brother Hagin said about this church, that it'll be as if the, as if the brakes were taken off and you'll take off spiritually. How many of you know we've taken off spiritually in a lot of areas? But he also said you'll take off numerically as well. Well, when that happens, if we're not careful when the numbers begin to increase, if we're not careful that things are being instilled in those numbers, it can then change the climate or the, or the culture of the church to one that doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, avail itself for more continued spiritual growth. You know, that's true, that, that if enough babies come in, that the babies outweigh people who are a little bit more mature and mature-minded, then the, the immaturity of youth can begin to win the day. Right? And so it's important that we, we're, we're, we start thinking about these things now and as we go forward. Like I said, this is something the Lord has had on my heart for a while. This is important that we do and begin to see things differently. The, our, our importance of us getting involved in one another's, another, one another's lives. And that doesn't mean you start overstep, overstepping your bounds. But I care whether or not Bonnie's growing. I do. I do care. And she knows I do. And, I, and I'll talk to her about stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll encourage her. Listen, God loves you. You know, what's God do? I'll do those things. Well, I can't do that for everybody, but each of us can get somebody. And when new people come in, we can quickly, like Karen Preston did, pull somebody in, pull an iris in. Who, know, would, who would have ever thought that, that that lady who walked in that night when Karen Preston was being, being Karen Preston, you know, that iris would have been the blessing to us that she is today? Right? And who would have known that Doug Brown would have been the Doug Brown that he is today? Right? Who would have known that David would be who David is to us today? Can you understand what I'm saying? You know, with Paul and these guys, it was for Paul's benefit in the end that that these ones be be gone after and nurtured and brought up. And so it's it's an important thing that we instill these things in people. Matthew chapter, what what did I tell you? Matthew, Matthew chapter five is scripture. We all know. It's a scripture that, that we, we're very well uh, aware of. But in 13, verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is in good for nothing but be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. A thing, another area to begin to instill in people when they first get born again and to instill in one another is an awareness that we need to let our light shine. I'm telling you, these things may sound basic, but a lot of people don't know this. Listen, you got to let your light shine. Go back to work and be, be, begin to, to let the light of what's happening, let it shine. Let it begin to show in your life. People don't just do that on, on their own. It just doesn't happen on their own. But if we'll go, come alongside to encourage them and to, and to lift them up and to help push them forward in these areas, it will be, it'll have a huge impact on their life. I want to have more irises. 
that come in and stay the long haul, you know, and, and, and that do what God's called them to do and, and bring what, they're, what they've been called and gifted to bring. I want more of those things. You know, this is our, our, our core group on Sunday nights and, and the ones that, uh, uh, you know, that, that are with us here more often. We, we, it's not about necessarily being here on Sunday nights. A Sunday night makes you a core person. But it's people who've got a heart for what God's doing. And more of those people tend to come on Sunday nights than they do other times, right? And in, in order for us to go where God wants us to go, we've got to get more people on that boat and in that same line of thinking where they're, they're interested in what God's doing. They're interested in growing for themselves. They're interested in, in the direction of the church. They're behind what God is doing. It's a part of, of, of us running with the vision. It's a part of us running with the vision. It's a part of us as a church and rising and standing upon our feet. It's not good enough that our pastor, senior pastors, rise and stand upon their feet. It's not good enough that the associate pastors, the music minister, that they rise and stand upon their feet, but the church rise and stand upon its feet, right? And so if we'll begin to do that, I'm telling you things, that what the growth we've seen in the things of the Spirit, the growth we've seen in, in, the, in, in even amongst our own uh, fellowship, if we'll begin to pursue these things and be strategic about what we're doing, we'll see a rate of growth we've never experienced before. In the last, uh, Kelsey said, since winter retreat, her life has been changed. Well, it's because other people have been involved. It's not just what she got at winter retreat or what's been ministered even on Sundays. It's what other people have been inputting into her life during those times. We've got a thread on Facebook that, that we've got for the, in the singles group and the youth where they encourage one another and they put things that the Lord's dealing with them about. Well, you might say, well, I'm not good with technology. Find some other way of instilling something in people. It's just something that we can do that's just good for that group. Find something that's good for your group. Ask the Lord, you know, who have you called me to? Who, who is the Lord putting on your heart? Then bring them into your circle. Bring them into your life and begin to impart things into them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is, it is a huge deal. If we'll begin to do it, it, it'll be such a blessing to that person. But it'll be such a blessing to the church and to you. It'll be such a blessing. And we'll be in a position where we can handle more growth. We'll be in a position where we can handle more. Where we can, we can see more and, and, and be exposed to more things we've ever seen or been exposed to before. Amen? Praise God. Well, did that help anybody tonight? <laughs> Praise God. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen? Let's just spend a few minutes just loving on the Lord. Let's just praise Him for a few minutes. Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, we honor you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 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 Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. We magnify you tonight. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We give you all the glory and praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we bless you. We magnify you tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for what you've done in our lives. We're so thankful. Hallelujah. For your grace. We're so thankful for your goodness. Hallelujah. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. Hallelujah. Father, we, we love you. We honor you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We praise you tonight. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How about let's do this? Take the hand of the person next to you. Hallelujah. Just take, grab somebody's hand next to you. We're just going to pray for a minute. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every person here. We thank you for the those that you've joined us together with. Father, we thank you for the body and the church that you planted us in. Father, we thank you for the purpose that uh, dwells and resides in the, in the hearts of every person here tonight, the person to our left, the person to our right. Father, we thank you for the giftings and grace of God that you have poured into their life. Father, we make a commitment as a church to pull those things out, to draw those things out. Father, to see in them what you see in them and then begin to pull those things out and begin to call upon those things. Father, I thank you for helping us as a, as a, as a church family to begin to, to uh, further our vision of one another and, and to continue to grow in our ability to see one another as you see us. And then not only see one another in that light, but then giving us strategies and grace upon us to be the blessing and the encouragement and the help that you've called us to be in one another's life. Father, I thank you the future is great. I thank you that the, the days ahead, they're days of glory. Hallelujah. And Father, I endeavor, we endeavor to not miss it, but we also endeavor that those with us not miss it either. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to build one another up. We thank you for the opportunity to encourage one another. We thank you for the opportunity to instill life and virtue and grace into one another. It is a blessing. We are doing your ministry. We are doing your work. We're doing what you would do if you were here in person. We, we determine and commit ourselves to do what you would do, to be your hands and your feet and your voice in this day and this hour. Yes, to the world, but also to those who are the household of God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. 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 We thank you for that opportunity. Hallelujah. To be a blessing to one another, to be an encouragement to one another, to be uh, 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 one that could instill good, godly uh, uh, principles and hold one another accountable to the work of God and to your calling upon our life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that tonight. Father, we thank you for that tonight. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. You know, I believe as we, we go forward, there's going to be some different things ministered on than maybe what we've looked at in the past without, you know, bringing some different things, not things we don't know necessarily, but bringing some other things to light we've maybe not looked at before. You know, just let, let's make a commitment to be open to whatever God wants to do to be receptive to it and then also respond to it, right? To respond to it. You know, anytime things are a little different than what we're used to, it's easy to, yeah, that's different than what I'm used to and, and to kind of disconnect from it. And so it's important that as, as we move forward, I believe we're going to have different gifts in operation. Different things begin to happen. Different ones, people, some of you, we know it's God's desire to use each of us. Some of you, God's got a purpose to use you more than what you've been used in the past, even here. 
And anytime something is done through somebody that in, in someone that's maybe not who it normally goes through, it's going to be different. It's going to look a little different. It's going to sound a little different. It's going to be a little different. Listen, if we want God to continue to move, if we want others to continue to develop in the grace of God and the hand of God that's upon their life, we've got, to, we've got to allow for it, but then also respond to it. You understand what I'm saying? We have to, we have to make room for it, but then we have to also recognize when God's doing something, just because it's through somebody that maybe you would never have assumed God would have used, realize that maybe God knows more than we do and then respond to what he's doing, right? Is it in the word? Is it true? Is it right? Is it, is it, is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is it, is it, a, one, is it a, a, a worthy thing? Well, then embrace those things. You know, if, if we will... I believe that if, if as a church we'll continue to grow in this area where we're quick to respond to the grace of God and the anointing and not just personalities or specific phrasings, we will really begin to see a, a development in a lot of different areas. You know what I mean? A kind of a mushroom effect of, of development in other areas that maybe we weren't even aware that it was even there. And so I just feel like that's important that, that going forward, let's make sure we're, we, we, we're open to what God wants to do and what he's doing. Amen. Things are going to look a little different. Things are going to sound a little different. That's good. It's okay. And God's going to use people that, that maybe you wouldn't suspect. He might even want to use you when you didn't suspect it. But see, when God starts dealing with you about doing something and stepping out an area maybe that you've not done before, if there's a culture and an environment where that's okay and people are, are, are ex- okay to do those things and to, and to yield to what God's doing. Now, we don't want craziness and stuff, but, but you know, at the same point, it's okay that people are going to make mistakes and step out, maybe not hit, hit it 100%. That's all right. That's all right. You, you learn to ride a bike by falling off your bike. Right, I mean that's how you learn. You 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 get on it, you pedal, and you fall off, and you learn. Oh, next time I don't, I won't do that. I'll do it this way. That's how you learn. Well, there's going to be some growing pains for us. There's going to be some growing pains for for that. Let's make sure the environment is one that it's okay to 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 take those steps and learn those lessons and and be there to brush each other's knee off. And encourage one another. You know what? Listen, that was awesome. Well, well, I don't want to lie, Pastor Greg. It was awesome because they're responding to God. That was good. You keep it up. You, you know, and I'm going to believe God with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is something that's on your, I'm going to come alongside it and be there for you. That's a part of discipling one another. That's what I'm talking about. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you, you know, that, that when things are different, look a little different. That's all right. Just roll with it. Just let God be God, but let's let one another be who God's made us to be. Amen. I believe we're coming into time. We're going to see a lot of cool stuff. Let's be open to that. Amen. Let's be open to let God do what he wants to do. Amen. Praise God. And I'll say this, you know, if somebody gets up to minister, something's a little different, roll with it. If it's in the word, just roll with it. Be excited about it. It'll help those who maybe aren't perceptive enough to know what's going on to maybe tune in that there's something here I need to listen to. It's like you go to a restaurant, you go to, if you've never been there before, you go to the ones that people rave about, not the ones that nobody talks about. You know, on Thursdays, we go to lunch around here, staff lunch, you know, and we go to our certain places. And every now and then we'll branch out and go someplace new. But if I'm thinking about going somewhere and there's no cars there, I pass it up for someplace else. 
Anybody else do that? But if I see something, you know, Amy and I on vacation this last summer on Anna Maria Island, we didn't know where to go. We drove around. We found the restaurant where all the cars were parked. There's people there. I don't even know what they serve, but that's what I'm going to go check out. Isn't that human nature? Well, when, because people are excited about something, it causes other people to be excited about something. So let's all stay excited about what God's doing. Amen? Is that a deal? Listen, if you'll do that, I will, I'll make you the promise I'll stay excited about what God's doing in your life too. Amen? If we'll make that commitment to one another, wouldn't that, ain't that a great place to go to church? Isn't that a, gr- a great group of people to belong to, that, to, to run your race and to live your life for God alongside people that are just as excited about what God's doing in your life as what he's doing in their own? Whew, praise God for that. We're talking about making disciples and training people up and causing them to grow. Amen? Well, God's good. We love you. Pastor, Pastor Angel, love you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.